So this is Brisbane, the central business district in all its glory. So from the perspective of Sydney and Melbourne, this is Hicktown. So there are over a million people here in, in Brisbane. There are virtually no cases of COVID until they opened up the border. Now we have over 4,000 cases a day. So we, we came in after the border opened up about December 13th. And now people are queuing up to get COVID tests for, for a kilometer. Like cars are just queued for, for kilometers. So uh, Omicron, of course, is not, not thought to be as deadly as Delta. And so we're increasingly moving towards just living with the COVID. And uh, we're going to have fewer and fewer restrictions. I expect as thousands and thousands of people come down with Omicron and the overwhelming majority of them do not suffer too badly. So 2022 may be the beginning of the end of COVID. And there's Ipswich, that's a real working class area. I think Pauline Hansen comes from Ipswich. So Pauline, sometimes she says the things that people think but would not say out loud. So Pauline Hansen, quite a uh, champion of father's rights. She, she's of the opinion that uh, fathers in divorces really get the short end of the stick here in Australia. So are you overwhelmed by the glamour of, of downtown Brisbane? So some people might think of it as a, as a hick, hick town with a dirty river running through the middle of it. But uh, I always look at the positive. So we've got tunnels here in Brisbane, all right? We've got TV stations and radio stations. We've got tunnels. We've got uh, movie, moving pictures that are in color with sound. So quite a lot of tunnels in Brizzy and in Sydney, and I presume in Melbourne as well. So I think this trip, hope you're enjoying this trip because it's costing us $5.37 as the toll. Going under the, the glorious brown Brisbane River, where you can, where people can, you can canoe on the, the river, you can swim in it and get sick, uh, all sorts of thrills and spills. So, yeah, you don't want to fall out of your canoe in the Brisbane. So, I think Brizzy started out as an industrial town, maybe meatpacking, kind of uh, primary industry. Now it's becoming a little bit more sophisticated, maybe more secondary stuff, more service industry stuff. But generally speaking, if you're at the top of your profession in Brisbane, it doesn't have the same cachet as if you're at the top of your profession in Sydney or, or Melbourne. So this is Hicktown from the perspective of Australia's two big cities. Southeast Queensland. So people find it a pleasant town. It's not. It's not really an exciting town. It's uh, kind of a small C conservative town. It's not brash like Sydney, and it's not orderly and European like Melbourne, and it's not uh, Adelaide. They drink a lot of wine there. That's that's more an upper class, more European, more sophisticated. So that's the story of Brisbane. So social cohesion and social trust really come down to crime rates. 
right? You have low crime society, you have a high trust society. Like, name me some low crime societies where there's not high levels of uh, social cohesion and social trust. Now, I was shocked in the CNN report about the 10 safest cities in the world in 2021. But, uh, Africa didn't show up there. The Middle East didn't show up there. Eastern Europe didn't show up there. No city in Russia showed up there. No city in South America. No city in Central America. Whoa. Whoa, calm down, man. My Toham gimbal is just going nuts. Wonder if it's the rain. So crime destroys social cohesion. Now, if religiosity reduces crime, then then a country would be you know, rationally inclined to encourage religiosity. But uh, if you have some groups that commit high rates of crime, then the presence of those groups in your society is going to destroy social trust and social cohesion. Or if you have like a civil rights explosion, that uh, let's say starts giving a lot more rights to to groups who are previously oppressed, but then they don't take good advantage of their freedom, right? That's going to take that's going to destroy social trust. Get AMA forty here. Just a little bit of rain. No worries. Should be right, mate. Radio. I love the relaxed Australian slang. She'll be right, mate. No worries. Radio. On the drive down here, we'd have these moments of uh, just pouring down thunderstorms so it was hard to even see in front of you because the, the rain was so thick. And then long stretches with no rain. But uh, it's going to be raining basically on and off for the rest of my stay in Australia. So there are severe weather warnings. We had a cyclone move through, stayed off the coast, but uh, produced really dramatic high tides and surf along the, the northeast of Australia down to central Australia, even affecting Sydney. Good thing the iPhone's waterproof, eh? So, Yesterday I was reading all these academic papers on social cohesion and one thing that stood out is the absolute destruction of social trust and social cohesion in the United States and the United Kingdom over the past 40 years. So what does that correspond to? So obviously much more diversity, both religious, cultural and racial. That's had a negative effect on social cohesion in the United States and the United Kingdom in particular. Oh, apparently one's one's proclivity to trust one's fellow citizen doesn't really change much over the course of a lifetime. So the decline in social trust in the United Kingdom and America means that the young people are much less trusting. Whoa. So 
people who grew up trusting in the U.S. United Kingdom generally remain so throughout their lives. But the oh, young people can't even see. But the young people in both America and the United Kingdom trust much less their fellow citizens than their parents did. I can't even see the rain is coming down so hard. Bloody hell. Academics acknowledge that diversity and social cohesion tend to be our Hey mate, we're about uh, three hours outside of Sydney and uh, just want to say really high quality public toilets here in Australia. So in downtown LA they had to take away some porta potties because they were being used for prostitution and drug use. So overall, like lots of toilet paper. You go in a public toilet here in Australia, everyone I've been in, loads and loads of toilet paper. Like really high quality, you know, just practically caressing you, right? And there's just roll after roll. I mean, you can you can go to town because high social trust. So that means all the public loose here. They have toilet paper, and you don't have to close them down to try to reduce drug use and prostitution. Like I haven't seen anyone doing any prostitution in a public loo in Australia. G'day mate, 40 here. I'm in Nambucca Heads. We're about five and a half hours drive north of Sydney. We're about five and a half hours drive south of Brisbane. We're about 10 hours drive south of my brother in Tenham Sands. So Tenham Sands has been hit for the first time by COVID. Like scores of people are testing positive for the, um, soon the Omicron variant. It's the first time to my knowledge that anyone has tested positive for COVID in Tenham Sands. So Tenham Sands in central Queensland by the coast has gone the entire COVID without any publicly designated cases in Tenham Sands. So lots of rainforest around here. Just beautiful here. Now all these people are getting tested. Long lines for booster shots. People, like whole families, whole groups are coming down with COVID. Everyone's wearing face masks quite diligently. So uh, Queensland's recording officially about 7,000 cases a day. But 
unofficially probably 50,000 new cases a day of Omicron. In Sydney, New South Wales, I think they had something about like 37,000 cases of Omicron yesterday, which means the real number is probably closer to 400,000. Omicron is just sweeping Australia, much like the United States. Apparently, the uh, US had a million cases on Monday. But uh, hospitalizations have gone up, uh, gone up only moderately. Now, a lot of people have drowned in this river. I really want to go swimming in it. There's a really nice current. I want to test myself against the current. I guess that would not be wise. So that's my that's my primal thinking. Oh, a bunch of people died here. I want to test myself against that current, right? Really stupid thinking, but it's kind of how I've gone through my life. So, oh, you know, a dozen people have died in that ditch. Well, I know that I can make it. I'm special. So I was just uh, looking at a CNN article on the safest cities in the world. So number one was Copenhagen in Denmark, the capital of Denmark. Number two was Toronto, Canada. And uh, Tokyo was in there. And Sydney. And another Asian city. So, the explanation for why Copenhagen was so safe is that uh, there wasn't a lot of economic inequality. So I've done a bunch of research on social cohesion, and it seems like the dominant academic perspective is that social cohesion depends upon economic equality. And so I guess that's a kind of a Marxist view that economics explains social relations. And I don't think that's the number one explanation for social cohesion. So social cohesion, one, one Danish academic describes, summarizes social cohesion as the ability to, to share a moral universe with your fellow citizens. In other words, trusting that your average fellow citizen won't try to cheat you. That's what it basically boils down to. Trusting that your fellow citizen won't try to treat you. There's only a tiny, tiny number of countries with high social trust equals social cohesion social trust are just two different ways of saying the same thing. So Australia, New Zealand, and uh, Denmark, Finland, and Sweden, these are about the only countries in the world with high social trust. Now they also claim some China and India cities. And I'm skeptical of those claims, so I'm just going to leave them out being here in Australia on this trip it reminds me what it's like to be in a high trust society that's wonderful like your interaction with strangers is far more pleasant here in Australia than in say big city America now small town America interactions with strangers tend to be pretty good and they're pretty similar to interacting with strangers in Australia now I just can't figure out why is it that in big city America, so that current there, that's where a lot of people drown. Trying to get over to the heads 
approach to social cohesion, social trust, is that uh, the bigger the middle class, the more social cohesion. Because people in the middle, while striving for incremental advances, they see the downsides of cheating as so huge compared to the possible upsides that they just don't see cheating as worth it. While people at the bottom, people may, may see much more advantage in cheating and uh, people at the top may feel much more insulated from the negative effects of cheating. So I think there's something to that. Like I think the middle class is more concerned about morality and appearances. But I don't think that's the primary answer. So when I just looked at, say, the Orthodox Jewish community, there's high amounts of economic inequality. That doesn't that doesn't destroy social cohesion, social trust, and orthodox Judaism. So, I love being part of a high social trust, socially cohesive community, and I find that in orthodox Judaism. I get a tremendous amount of energy from interacting with other people pleasantly, and I find that in orthodox Judaism. So, there's even more social cohesion and social trust in orthodox Judaism than there is in, say, Australia or New Zealand or Copenhagen. So economic inequality doesn't, doesn't seem to damage or destroy social trust in Orthodox Judaism, though thinking about it now out loud, so the more affluent the synagogue, the richer the synagogue, uh, the colder it is, the emotionally colder it is. And the poorer the synagogue, usually the warmer, the emotionally warmer it is. Apparently, if you dive into the water here, there's a good chance you'll drown. So you're supposed to wear a life vest just walking along these rocks, this break. And you can have big waves that run over the rocks. So this is a high-risk activity. All sorts of signs talking about what a high-risk activity this is. So, 
consciously, I think my number one priority in life is my emotional sobriety, and I find the most help in staying emotionally sober from 12-step programs. And there's a so if emotional sobriety and 12-step programs are my number one priority in life, then it seems like I would stay in Los Angeles rather than Sydney because there's much more of a 12-step culture in Los Angeles than Sydney, and there are far more 12-step meetings in LA rather than Sydney. There's just more to offer in terms of 12-step recovery, 12-step workshops, meetings, programs in LA and Sydney. Now, I'm willing to do my 12-step work virtually. See, I don't primarily depend on my recovery on meetings. I don't primarily depend upon step work, which I can do anywhere. Happy to talk to my sponsors virtually. Happy to participate in meetings virtually. Still going to be out to have my, my synagogues, there just won't be as many, and there won't be as high an intensity of commitment in Sydney compared to Los Angeles. All right, so Orthodox Judaism, LA has more than Sydney, 12 step recovery, LA has more than. Sydney. If personal ambition is my number one thing, then it's more opportunity in LA. Like, it's easier to make money in LA than Sydney, probably. There's more innovation, like the future is being created in LA rather than Sydney. Now, walking down the street is a far more pleasant experience in Sydney than Los Angeles. So walking down the street, going to the beach, using social amenities, going shopping, interacting with strangers, interacting with government bureaucracies, all far more pleasant in Sydney. So there's probably even more mateship in Sydney. Right. There's much more tradition of mateship in Australia than, than America, so I get a lot of mateship in Orthodox Judaism, but it's just probably easier to you know, bond with blokes here in Sydney. Australia is about the most sexually segregated industrialized country in the world, so that makes it easier to form you know, bonds with blokes. Now, I think I'd have about an equal number of friends in Sydney as Los Angeles. So even though I've been living in Los Angeles since 94, a lot of people in Sydney that I grew up with and have stayed in touch with, and I feel very at home in uh, the synagogues that I visited in Sydney. A bunch of blokes that I enjoy talking to. 
Oh, so if being around like high achievers is a top priority for me, then there are going to be more in LA than Sydney. Uh, so if my entertainment career, my writing career, my YouTube career, right, I get to be around more people high achieving in these areas in LA than I would in Sydney. Everyday life is just more pleasant in Sydney, like riding public transport, more pleasant going to the beach, like virtually no crime, particularly in the eastern suburbs. I think Sydney is one of the safest cities in the world. So a lot more safety in Sydney, just pleasant interactions with strangers, much more likely to happen in, in Australia than big city in America. So what makes a social cohesion? I don't buy that the number one factor is economic equality. I think that can play a role, but I think it is an exacerbating role on other factors. So for example, in Thailand and, and Malaysia and some Southeast Asian countries, Fiji, I believe the, most of the economic high achievers are Indian and they tend to dramatically, and Chinese, and they tend to dramatically outachieve the locals, the indigenous. And so that destroys social trust between the groups. So the high economic inequality on top of being of a different race, that, that drives the destruction of social cohesion, social trust. So I like how the water here, got the current flowing in and meeting the ocean. So racial diversity combined with economic inequality where affluence is, is strongly racially related, yeah, I think that will drive the destruction in social cohesion or prevent the ability for people to trust each other. But if it's one of your own who is succeeding economically, now in some cultures that would be absolutely unbearable but in plenty of other cultures, that'll be just fine. So Australia has much more of a tall poppy syndrome than America, where high achievers are you know, looked down on, or they're given much more abuse or teasing. Well, in America, being a high achiever is like the greatest thing you can be, but in Australia, it's like you're separating yourself from your mates. Now, it's not suffocating. There are plenty of high achievers in Australia, but you need to carry it off with a great deal of humility. If you can, you can combine your high achieving with humility, then, then you can maintain your social ties in Australia. Okay, so if I dove in off the rocks right now, apparently there's a good chance I'd drown. So there's a current going into the ocean and the waves from the ocean coming back in. So 
So all this rain is just wreaking havoc with the fourth test match between Australia and New Zealand, Australia and England. This lovely rainforest here in Nambucca Heads. So my parents had their honeymoon in this area about 68 years ago. Dear mom and dad came here for a honeymoon.